Today, our speaker is none other than Bishop Welly Odindo. Please, if you may, stand up and give him a standing ovation as he comes to bring God's word. Hallelujah. 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 Now you know this is a mixed audience. They are Eastlanders and Westlanders. So we are happy to be here this day. Uh, ten uh, or so years ago at the tent we came and pups was having what we call Rema, before the Rema, there was a rather Rema. And Pops was doing a five-day meeting. Pastor Jimmy told me, let us come. And I came with him. And when he came with him here, at that particular time, we sat at the tent. And after the service, Pops nudged us let's go along and I was like even me uh, at that time our church was on top of a five-story building you know and so we went into the office and we are talking and Pops is talking and so he asked me and so where is your church I say we are on this building and uh, we have this kind of situation and I'm talking about Eastlands and Pap says, no, that, that's, that's not your church. Now, when you've been to Eastlands, there's how we learn to talk to those who rarely come there, you Westlanders. So we say, you know, Eastlands is not like here. Eastlands, the land can be yours, but you can't use it. And so he tells me, no, it can't be there. He says, God can't call you. Well, can you sit? Thank you, thank you. Sorry, sorry, sorry. You can sit. Thank you, thank you. So... He tells me, uh, that can't be a church. God can't give you, God can't call you somewhere and he does not give you a place. And at that time, we have been existing for two, three years. We planted our Kitengela church out of distress because we were saying, we may sit here and die. Let some of us go to Kitengela so that I am left with uh, those who can come. In the building we were in, there were five churches. So you worshipped at the one you liked the most, the one which sang the most, the one which preached the longest, the one which hugged the most, the one which had tea after church. So one building, five churches. And remember, I'm coming from a mega, mega church. I'm used to complaining about chicken. I'm used to complaining about air conditioning. I'm used to complaining about parking. Now I am uh, squeezing myself in five churches. And at that particular moment, while he's talking to me, a voice told me, this is not a man. This is me speaking. He said, he repeated, that can't be your church. And so I asked him, what can I do? Because it is wise to know what can you do. And that sometimes is the distinguishing factor about sometimes some servants of God because the way Pops carries his anointing, you may actually miss it because it doesn't shout, it instructs. And in the middle of instruction, somewhere in there, a voice will tell you, you are not in the presence of man, you are in my presence. And I asked him, what can I do? He says, no, we can pray. We came to the door of the tent and he said, you are at house of grace. May God give you grace. Go and find place. I removed every single offering I have. I'm from Eastlands. Our church is on five stories. So when I gave him, he said, no, no, keep some for your bus fare. I said, no, I don't need it. It hasn't helped me even being there in the first place. So I gave everything that I had and Pops went home with my bus fare. And then I turned to Jim, you see, and I've given even my bus fare. So you are taking me home. So I'm saying that to say that we who are here at House of Grace, you don't have a name of a church, you have a person who is a carrier of that grace. I say you have a person who is a consolidated carrier of that place. 
One week later, I'm sleeping in my five by one bed, one inch mattress, and a voice tells me, call this number. I call the number, it's the land of the owner, and 10 years we have been in that land, and then I'm back again at House of Grace. So I am here again to be, to be shown the next land. <laughs> so I don't know which, which tent you are going to look at. Now I can see we are in a building. I don't know which side of the building you'll take me to. And now it's Mpesa, we don't carry coins. So you'll tell me where do we send it, amen? So House of Grace, why don't you stand up on your feet and appreciate the gift of God in pups, a father, a leader. Come on, somebody. A father, a leader, a national treasure. You are the best kept secret in this side of uh, East Africa. And the world is a better place because God has placed you here. Sir, I honor you. I honor you so much. Thank you so much. Even for telling me to come while I'm telling you my, my problems. You come. So you had somewhere to preach. You come and preach. So I was told to come and preach. So let me do my assignment. I mean, you may be seated. Also, let me acknowledge the presence of our second lady, uh, Pastor Dorcas. You're doing a fantastic job. Thank you very much. Amen. The Bible says, give honor to whom honor is due. So we, we acknowledge you and thank you very much for the good work you are doing. We are humbled that you could be here. You know, the good thing that some of us, when they get lifted, they go. But for you to be consistently present at the local church, carrying one time, sometimes you also sneak at your pictures and we see you. Uh, today you're serving Holy Communion and you're still serving in the house of God. It is a testimony that you can be lifted and still belong where you are bathed. Amen. It is a testimony. The purpose of blessing is not just going. It is you also stay and groom your brothers. Amen. So can I preach? So some of our people are here. If somebody smells funny, chances are it's ours. If somebody looks funny, chances are it's ours. If somebody shouts funny, chances are they are ours. Amen. So if you hear a queer sound, allow us. We are passing by. Amen. I want to speak on an interesting subject, maybe perhaps might have touched on it, on the progress of faith. Amen? And I'll read from the book of First uh, Philippians chapter 1. Philippians chapter 1. And sometimes the, I think the best messages to be preached are messages that you are living rather than those that you are thinking. Amen? And so I'll preach on that. And what... I'll, I've, I've titled this The Progress of Your Faith because the question that happens to we people of faith is what if what you fear the most happens? One of the people that is in the Bible, that is a verse in the Bible, it's not a powerful quote, it's a verse in the Bible that says that the thing I feared the most has happened. And many of us, you know, you have to be a thinker for you to fear. Without thinking, you can't fear. The same way without thinking, you can't have faith. And so there requires to be a degree of intelligence for you to be contaminated or affected by fear. Non-intelligent things don't have fear, like stones, uh, like oceans. They, they can't say, oh my God, I'm so afraid. Uh, the, 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 the sun is hot today. Non-inanimate things can't have fear, but what if the thing you fear the most happens? You joined the house of God. And, and, and one thing I love about the devil is that when he speaks to God, he expresses his mind. And when he's dealing with Job, he tells God, does Job fear God for nothing? So why? The reason why you fear God was for something. Huh? The reason why you obey God was for something. The reason why you feared God, God even testifies and says, have you seen my servant Job? He is upright. He is blameless. He is the guy. He is the guy. And as the guy, he has been blessed. The Bible calls him, he was the greatest man on the east. That tells you something good comes from the east. So visit us. You are welcome, first lady on the east also. <laughs> Something good. He was the greatest of the East at that time. And all the reasons why the Bible says he sacrificed. For You know, some of us say you are a good man. But for God to testify about you, you must be very good. Some of us say, you know me, I'm an upright man. But for God to say, not you to say, Mwanga chalimpoa. For God to say, when chalimpoa. You must be chalimpoa ya ukweli. 
For God to say you are a blameless man, you must be really blameless. Just for you to discover the reason why you are upright and blameless. And the devil said, is it not for the hedge that you have put around him? So fearing God put a hedge around his life. Then something happens. The reason you feared and the one that you feared gives permission for life to harass you, to tear you apart, to whip you. Come on. And you look at your life and you're wondering, I would never give permission to anybody to affect my own child. But God is looking at himself and he's saying, this one that, that fears me the most, the one I have put a hedge, I have blessed his hands, that is the one now I want to touch. It's as though the reason why you feared God now turns out to be a reason for you to be whipped. You know, there are tests and whips. These were not tests. These were whips. And these tests, you don't even choose them. God is choosing them with the devil. He says, test number one, let me test him, touch, touch him, touch him, touch him, stretch, touch him all that he has and he will cast you to your face. So, so God is looking at you and he's saying all this time, why do you want me to be touched? There are bad people there. There are people that need this touching. They are cursing you for free. Don't test me to curse you. I'm not cursing you, but don't put me in situations that will make me curse you. And this is why we want to discuss the progress of faith. As Pops has put it, the runs of faith. Because sometimes when you begin your journey with God, he allows you to enjoy the blessing because of your obedience. But there are places where your, your obedience turns to be patience. And in those seasons of patience, it appears it is for nothing that you are believing. Come on, somebody. I have done some funerals of some people and I was glad they are dead. And I've done some funerals of some people and I was wondering, how can a good person like this die? One time our local MP called me, uh, one of the boys was a thug had been killed and there was nobody to bury. So he said, come and bury this guy. So we arrived there and it was me, the body and the, the wife. Even the friends, they felt like the people who look after bad people will come for the funeral. So you arrive there and uh, the wife is seated there and the kid is seated there. And so you are looking at one another and they're saying, we just wanted somebody to come and do for them a Christian ceremony. And you're looking at this person and you're saying, this was also a life. And so when somebody like that dies, somebody saying in society, good riddance. But I've also buried people who, if they had more life, they would have done more for God. Come on, somebody. I've buried people that if they had more time, they would have done more for life. And you look at yourself and you ask yourself, was it all for nothing? I'm here to talk to somebody that when your faith is under progress, there are some things that you will learn along the way. Hallelujah. And so my greatest character in this subject is a man called Paul. The Bible reads in Philippians 1, says here, For I know, Philippians 1.19, For I know this will turn out for my deliverance. Through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus, according to my earnest expectation. Come on. Come on. And hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed. But with all boldness, as always, so now also Christ will be magnified in my body. Whether by life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ, to die is gain. But if I live in the flesh, this will mean fruit from my labor. Yet what I, choose, I shall choose, I cannot tell. Verse 23, for I am a hard pressed between the two, having a desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. Nevertheless, to remain in the flesh 
is more needful for you. And being confident of this, I know that I shall remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy of faith. Wow. That your being here is for the progress and joy of faith. Where does this progress begin? It begins in the tension of a desire to depart and still a need to feel and feel right here. I get this from the place that most of the time Paul had to develop a secret and that secret is what I pray that many of us will have. That if your faith will make progress in your life, there are lessons that you must carry. I look at the life of Job and see a man who started thinking I am blameless and I am blessed because I am good. By the time his story is ending, he's saying I used to hear but now I know. And he finishes his work by saying, and the Lord blessed Job. I think sometimes in the progress of our faith, God wants you to bring you to a place where you get to discover. He does not bless you because of you. He blesses you in spite of you. That the blessings of God upon your life are not just indicators of your obedience. They are also indicators of his nature. Ah... There are things that you have that don't indicate how good you are. They indicate who God is. And there are people here, you live your life and you look at people with your three points. Keep living. You have your three points and a poem. And with your three points and a poem, you say, you know, you have to be a good wife. These are the three keys to being a good wife. One, cook, da, da, da. And then 10 years, as you progress in life, you discover, you start throwing point number one down. Then point number two down. Then point number three down. And then suddenly you discover what you thought and said about being a wife the night you got married. And what you're saying now, as you've gone through progress, you come to discover this thing is not just points. Marriage is not just points. There are some points. Or let me say there are pointers. But don't call them points. You know there are books that you write and you call them pillars of life. And then the pillar number one collapses. Pillar number two collapses. Every year you start by writing the resolutions of 2024. And then the February blues hits you. By the time Jesus dies over Easter, you die with him. He resurrects and leaves you in the tomb. By the time you are getting to Labor Day and you are jobless, you start asking yourself, and why really do we go to church in the first place? Because now your progress has now been curtailed. If your walk with God is predicated on what God is doing for you, songea, 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 there are days you will not pray because something good is happening. There are days, uh, my, 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 I lost my mom a few years ago, and my mom was an intercessor and a prayer warrior, and she was younger than my dad. My dad, I can't say, is more of an intercessor. My mom was an intercessor. And she's the ones who prayed for the journey and prayed on the journey and prayed when she arrived at the journey. She prayed for the food when bought, when being cooked, when being served, after being eaten, and when she's sleeping. So she, she, she seemed like somebody who needed, uh, had something to tell God and God needed somebody like that. Come on. Come on. And my mom died like a mosquito on a wall. Pa! Within a weekend. On Friday she's alive. On Monday she's dead. And you look at yourself and you ask yourself the question. Of all the people that you die, God, I have people on my list I can give you. <laughs> I, I, who here has a list that if God wants to take somebody, you'll say don't seek any father. I have a list here that I have. 
And I can volunteer. There are some names, and some of you that say, Matas, you need to revise. It is the same list I gave you last year. <laughs> and when you begin to progress with God, you'll begin to learn that sometimes God does not consult you before He acts. Because you are a thinking being, when you are consulted, you can anticipate. But sometimes God defies your thinking by choosing to operate without consulting you. God is consulting himself and saying, have you seen my servant Job? He has not asked Job, by the Job we are discussing you, just wait, something is coming. Something is coming there. Job wakes up one morning and he discovers he was the richest man, enjoying life, giving offerings, and in one day, children dead, camels dead, sheep dead. Satan goes back for second application. Ah, Bado. Does he fear you still for nothing? He says, now touch his body. He wakes up the next day and his body is full of sores and boils. And now the wife now comes and tells him, Sir, if death is not coming, invite it. Curse God and die. You know, when you are alive and things are working, you want to live longer. But when things are not working, you don't want to live longer. And he tells him, curse God and die. And as the story of Job progresses in chapter 3, as you look at chapter 2, it says, and Job never sinned with his mouth. And Job never charged God evil. In chapter 3, he progresses. And now I think something happened to Job when his friends visited. Have you ever been strong until you see your mom? You're okay until they say, no, you're going to be okay. I don't think I'm going to be okay. You are okay. You are okay. When, when things died, you are quoting scriptures. You've lost your son. And the Bible, when his camels died, he fell down and worshipped. And he said, what a man, what a man. He was told again, his body is full of boils. And then his friends came. I think it was the silence of friends. Because why did you come in the first place? They visit him in chapter 3. Sit around him. Seven days saying nothing. They're just looking at him. Then an, an older man starts saying, Sir, hakuna mutu upitia vitu hivi kama ajafanya kitu. Ebu semu umefanya nini? You know there are things people think you're going through because of something you have done. Because we live in a thinking structured world. So they look at him after seven days. They say there is something that you have done. When Job starts speaking in chapter 3, the job of chapter 1 and chapter 2 disappears. Suddenly, Job begins to now speak and we wonder. The one who never sinned with his mouth says, I Cast the day I was born. May the day I was born, may I perish. May, may it end. The, me being born was a bad idea. The progress of faith. This was a blameless man. Just two chapters ago. How you, I'm, I'm blessed of the Lord. The Lord's keeping me. The Lord's doing me well. Uh, how is the church? Uh, the church is beautiful. The people are doing well. How's mama? Mama is okay. She's doing well. How are the kids? The kids are okay. How's the dog? The dog is barking okay. The cat is meowing okay. The cat, everything is okay. But he gets as he's progressing. Something happens to him. By the time we get to chapter number five, he starts saying, the days of a man are difficult. You want a job. You need a job. What's happening to you? The days of a man are difficult. Wondering, What? What has happened to the man who was upright, blameless, progress? Yes. How did he discover that man is to trouble? language Imagine you walk to your pastor and uh, you've come with your, Hey pastor, you know, yesterday you blessed me and uh, you, I really look up to you. And he tells you the days of a man are trouble. And as sparks, they are flying upwards. We are dying, rotting creatures. You'd say, I think he needs to see a therapist. But it's the progress of faith. Because at some point, God withdraws what you are depending on. And he looks at you now. 
And now this begins to reveal the things he feared the most are now happening to him. Come on, somebody. Have you ever heard that? The thing you feared the most happening to you? Most girls tell me, Miss Yeziachua, if I see it coming, I dump him before. Then you get fast and furious. While you, you are used to a presentation, hey, we need to talk, things are not working. You, you hear he moved on. He moved on. He didn't, he didn't give you a meeting. He moved on. He just appeared on elsewhere. He, he didn't give you the luxury of going through there. You know, we need to talk, things are not working. It's me, it's not you. You, you are used to being the one at me, Nikione, na kam. Then you meet fast and furious. Karl Marx. And now you have to deal with the progress when life is happening without your consultation. And I think sometimes we have taught a faith that it's as though we are serving God orders. Uh, serve me a car please and make it black please. Thank you. And while you are at it, bring the boat. So God is like our waiter waiting for our prayers to know what he ought to do with your life. While God is saying, I know the plans I have for you. So if your prayer and his plan is not in order, you, you think that, let me pray so that God serves me my dish quickly. Is this boring? The progress of faith. Of all the people that surprise us, if Jesus, sinless, Young, 33, vibrant young man that women would wash his feet with her hair. I don't know what he had, but he must have had something on him. That he would say, oh God, let this cup pass over me. And, and the cup doesn't pass. It's like uh, when I serve beetroot juice. Then I say, no, 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 no. Number no, it's yours. That's yours. Let this cup pass over me. And sometimes as believers, we have to be okay when our prayers are not answered because it proves our faith is progressing. We have to stop treating God like a waiter or a delivery man that his work is sitting in heaven waiting for you to show up. It's me again, Jah. Oh, do you listen to that one here? Which? It's me again, Jah. Or, oh, Father, I am before thy presence. I need that promotion. And God is running helter-skelter. You need the promotion. And maybe that time in his plan, you need a demotion. Huh? How? It can't happen. Not my story. Not my case. I cancel. I cancel. Fiatwa. Jesus died while his calf was looking upwards. He had crowds all over and he shows up to Peter's door and says, it's time. I have to go. What? Go where? That kind of language will demotivate people. We are now attracting even the Pharisees, your haters, the media, the Sadducees. Can't you even see women are throwing uh, their lessons on the streets? Is this the time to talk about departure? Now is when we have started. Start saying, I have to go. And many of us don't have, our faith has not progressed. Where when you say, let the cup pass, and it doesn't pass, that you remain who you are. But don't worry, I came with some uh, doses for you. I, you will each get one prescription. Paul looking at his life, he goes to God, the greatest gift in the New Testament has written 14 books in the Bible. He shows up before God and he says, thrice I have asked God, remove this thing. This is like your favorite worker telling you, I don't like a so and so. Can you remove them? Because they are hindering me. Your most profitable worker, he's telling you, this is what and this is what, remove him. He says, three times I have gone to God and told him, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, that remove this thing from me so that I can work more effectively. God says, no. Three times? If Paul can be told no, na meandika Bible. Weni nani? CRE ulipata 27. 
Paul ameandika Bible. Wewe ni nani? Paul can be told no. Na siende disco, asiende dunda, asiende sijui kayamba yamba. He can write the Bible where you CRE unasema I got an A in CRE. Paul is the writer. 14 chapters of that CRE. And he can be told by God no. Not maybe I'll look into it and he's the most profitable New Testament contributor. God tells him no. And he says this thing is not even a thorn. It's a messenger of the devil. It's working with the devil. God says no, you need it. That I'll put a thorn that is working together with the devil just around your life. But for God is trying to tell you that my idea is not to remove pain from your life. My idea is to bring you to a particular place. And if we can get to that place we will have gotten a clearer picture of what faith was supposed to be. Faith is not just about moving mountains, going around people's cars. Like there are some I think I can go around here today. <laughs> faith is not about going around people's houses. Oh, I I like that house. That house is very good. Let me go around it seven times and it is mine. Relax. There are people who are in those houses They are not even sleeping in those houses. They are walking and saying if I just get fresh air. Because there are things that we look at from the outside. They look like needs to us, but they are just greeds from our souls. Come on somebody. Come on somebody. Come on somebody. Paul was told no, Jesus was told no. Who am I? Moses the humblest you know some of us play humble ah hi sir bless you yeah. Moses the humblest man opened the sea never got where he was going He started his church with 3 million members he took two I think even Noah is saying at least my seven arrived Moses started with 3 million people he took two and he himself never arrived I Elijah goes to God and says I'm the only one left and I'm was shut up there are 400 and you're wondering where are they So every one of us here when God is progressing our faith there are things that it gets to a place until you discover to die is gain because that is where God wants to bring you because in our materialistic world achieving world measuring world counting world dying does not look like gain the objective is now paul is at a place in philippians where now he can see to die is gain to die is gain i don't want to die i don't want to gain i don't want to die i don't want to gain he says to live is labor but to die is gain the profit of your life begins when you begin to understand to die is gain. Am I talking to somebody here? And we want to look at those gains that came because that is when your faith begins to progress. You begin to understand to die is gain. Wow. Is this boring? If it's boring blame my problems. If it's good, thank God. Something is happening in the world. faith is losing its value people begin to feel like faith has no value because we only carry things of value so that in case of danger the thing of value can shield me but we are living in a world that faith is diminishing in value come on people are seeing we people of faith as though we are living in denial because everything that we are pegging our achievements is my faith I, i i believe god for 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 a new this and i got it i believe god and i got it and then people begin to take your method and when they don't get it they don't get it hello oh by 30 i'll be married how is 42 doing so far Oh 
by 40, I'll be having my 16-year-old baby because my idea is by 18, I want to have been done with the babies, done with school, done with educating them. I want to have, and how is being barren so far holding up? Oh, there's a conference over there and a conference over there and a meeting over there and you think the problem is there's another meeting I've not yet attended. There's a mightier one, there's a lesser might, there's a greater one. To die is gain. You have not gotten to that place yet and so God is seeing you running up and down. I remember the first time I received letters of auction. I almost died of a heart attack. I'm a good boy. I was brought up in a good home. And all my problems have to do with ministry. I've never had problems of my own. I didn't know what to do. You've just started the church. You've never even seen a letter like that. Everything about yours is itemized. And the day before they come, you think you can save the situation. And then you pray a bit longer. And, and then you see, think, maybe, maybe I'm praying. Let me try and call some lines. And, and then by, by the time you're trying to call some lines, the evil day has come. The thing you feared the most has happened. You are so much used to the comforts of life. And tomorrow they are talking about your comforts. And you are thinking when they are talking about your comforts, they are talking about your life. They are not the same thing. I. Some of you, you'd be complimented. Hey, I like your, I like your eyes. I like your teeth. You've got a beautiful smile. Then you can three. Uka slide. And now when you look at yourself, what people liked about you becomes what you like about yourself. But that's not the story of God. To die is gain. How many people work hard to be famous? And then you become famous. Now you want to work hard not to be famous. I was telling some people after being and doing some things on TV there, TV there. Those of us who are kind of known now don't want to be known. They want to, they want to walk the streets. They want to, they want to, the things now you want to enjoy. You, you can wear your short and walk and people say, wow. If, if some of us wear our shorts, people say, thin legs, scratch legs, leopard legs, goat legs, goat hair, horse legs, ox legs. And you're wondering, Jesus Christ, it's just a short. I was not even attacking you. I was just. I was just where, and what kind of a bishop is that? You can never be, everything about you is a war. You hold your wife's hands, what are you showing us? You're faking it. You don't hold her, you're not romantic. You preach short sermons, you're not deep. You preach long, you are, you are, you are keeping us. And everything about you, and if you don't find how to progress your faith, you're going to struggle. And the progress of faith is to die is gain. I hello. So Paul sees, and what James came to discover in James chapter number one, that I have to find a way of counting it all joy. I cannot suspend this to be joyful. And let me suspend this. Let me suspend this. I cannot say this one come next week. Because the first day the disciples came to Jesus, they caught a lot of fish. And they had caught nothing. And Jesus as a master, he knows to get this guy's attention, let him catch something. So he caught a lot of fish and then he tells him, now follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. And you can see Peter on that day. The one who commanded the fish has told me, not you, not you, not you, not you, me to follow him. And as they are following Jesus, the next time he begins to introduce other things. Now if you want to follow me, eat my flesh. Eh? You should have told us this before. Now if you want to follow me, eat my flesh and drink my blood. Then he turns at them and asks them, are you still here? They say you have the words of life. He keeps going, progressing them. He now tells them, if you want to come after me, you have to carry your cross. Now I have a cross, which is the most shameful thing somebody could ever be crucified in in their time. He's telling them, now if you want to follow me, you must carry your cross and follow me. Why didn't you say this when we were at the fishing yard? You should have told me. I would have said, I don't want to eat no flesh. I don't want to drink no blood. I don't want to carry no cross. Watch out to Kulesamaki. Where in the lair? 
Asante sana. Asante sana. That is why some of you here today, you have to eat his blood. You are eating the word and it's doing nothing for you. You are coming to church and it looks like it's doing nothing for you. While you think it is the hardest, the cross, you have to carry some shameful days. And you are looking at yourself and wondering, I, I didn't sign up for this. Some of the people who mock me, I know I am better than them academically. If we go back to school today and sit for the exam today, I will defeat them. But just because I'm called pastor, I'm a thief. I'm robbing poor people. I'm eating off widows and orphans. And I'm the cause of poverty in Africa and Congo. I didn't sign up to be called a thief. I, I have to walk bare feet to be down to earth. I, I have to live in a house without a door so that it doesn't have, anybody can come in because everything you have, somebody is seeing. Why should you have it? I, so some of you, while you're still, imam by a blessing, fish, stage one. Eat my flesh and drink my blood. Stage two. And you remember the first day you came to church and the word was being preached and you are frowning. Mm, pastor, you are punching me in all the right areas. Mm, mm, mm. Oh, pastor, you are stepping on my grass. Move out my yard. Pastor, you are dialing my number. Where is your impressor? That time you are feeling, ah, I'm being informed. I'm being empowered. And then the cross days come. We have started with fish. Now we are carrying crosses. And now when we get to the cross, it begins to be, I don't want this faith. Actually, God is an idea. Christianity is a white man concept to control black people like you. And Jesus was black. And he loved reggae. What has happened when we were blessing, when we were talking cars, when we were talking houses, you loved this Jesus. When we came and started talking empowerment, you can build, you can dream. You loved this Jesus. But now when we are talking crosses, ah, that's not Jesus. You changed him. Bring the, the fish Jesus. And he says, while you are still arguing about the cross, I'm going to die on one. What? Why? So, my idea and my solution to somebody who is progressing in faith, because some of us here, you are either in the Christmas, utaboeka, one, I'll invite you, two, I'll invite you, and you will feel like the church doesn't care, my uncles don't care, it's a cross. And you'll have to look at our pictures and like them. And share their good for you. And you are used to having Christi, uh, Christmas in a very carnival manner. But this was the year for you to carry the cross. Maybe last year it was my year I was carrying mine. Maybe for you this is your year of carrying it. And when your turn comes, don't pass it on. Beba, 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 beba. Don't pass. Oh, you know, let this cup pass over. Beba. So what do you do? Paul discovered the reason why death is gain. He discovers what he writes here. Paul had to build a joy system that does not depend on life events. He discovers that faith can only progress when it's walking besides joy. We have lost the art of happy living. We actually think happy Christians are unholy Christians. Let's go before God and cry for this country. Kenyans are so bad. They need, we need crying. We have lost the art of joy. We have lost the art of joy because we have turned this thing to be event and achievement based. 
But Paul is saying that for faith to progress, he walks alongside joy. For your faith to progress, he walks alongside joy. That is why about Jesus, he says, whom for the joy endured. When your faith lacks joy, it loses endurance. I'm not happy in this marriage. Well, that's marriage. And that's not this marriage. That's marriage. The marriage does not carry happiness. You come with it. I don't like this job. That's job. The job does not carry happiness. You come with it. Ah. Uh, well, I don't like... Well, I don't know what I was thinking when I married you. That's right. You aren't thinking, but that's life. Most of the things we do in life, we're not thinking. So, get away of getting joyful. Your thinking will catch up. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Why? Because where there is no joy, Christ is minimalized. Paul is saying here, And this is my confidence that Christ will be magnified. So it is our joy that magnifies Christ and diminishes events. When you remove joy, it magnifies events and diminishes Christ. Am I talking to somebody? Does that make sense? And many of you are feeling God has diminished. He's not doing. He's not doing. He has diminished. I want to give you a secret. Get your joy back. And your joy does not come from any life event, any life scar, any life thing. Your joy is planted in Christ. And Job discovered it. My time is up. Can I take five minutes? The first thing is that your system of joy is what magnifies or diminishes Christ. Everything in your life. Have you seen how children are happy? Because they know less. <laughs> Have you ever seen how kids are happy? You, you can be, I remember one time I was going through a rough time and, I, and, and God told me, go tell your son. You see those things you're telling me? Go tell your son. My son was sick. So I, I went and explained to him. Now, this is what is happening. And this, I'm trying to break this complex thing into his childhood. And then when I'm explaining, somewhere in the middle of it, my son says, Dad, can I go out and play? <laughs> because according to him, and that's what God told me, is that you stopped playing. You're just managing problems. Everything is a management crisis. You stopped playing. Can you go out and play? Those things were big because thinking people have a complex way of seeing things. And my son was simple. Can I go out and play? So the first thing is that Paul writes and says, for me here, I am confident of this that my life and my joy does not come from what God has answered and the things that he hasn't answered. That's number one. Is that good? Is that good? Is that good? Your joy is what makes you happy magnifies and magnetizes where people will be. Believe us, let us turn the house of God to what it used to be, a joyful assembly. A joyful assembly. Amen. Number two. The second thing that you have to discover is that for your faith to progress, guard your mouth. Your life is answering to your words. When things are getting rough, don't change your speech. When Job began to speak, Ah, I am drunken with my sorrow. I am speaking from the anguish. He stopped speaking what he knew at first and Job never faltered in his tongue. And sometimes when life, that when your faith begins to progress, God tests, when God is testing your maturity, the maturity of a Christian is tested like malaria with your tongue. When you say, oh, 
that Christian is so mature, her dress is so long, it can wash the whole Uhuru Highway. That's not maturity. That's a long dress. When God wants to check your maturity, he checks your tongue. Once your tongue matures, you are ripe for what God does. Number three. You must understand that seasons seasons life is in seasons and so when a season comes surrender to your season when the season comes for you to move to a smaller house surrender to that season when the time came and Jesus discovered fighting the cup won't stop it he surrendered to that when he died on the cross, there were thieves that were still fighting, trying to stay alive. They broke their legs. But when you learn the secret of surrender, oh, they want to pick that shirt. Let them pick it. They want to pick that because God has only given everything in life power to get your property and to touch your body, but never to touch you. You are not your body. You are not your property. He says, I have surrendered to it. We have lost the art of surrender. We want to win. And our idea of winning is overpowering. Sometimes the idea of winning is dying. When Jesus died on the cross, on the outside, he looked like a loser, a failure. But out there from a losing position is where he shouted, it is finished. He didn't shout that when he was preaching to the crowds because there was not the place. When he surrendered and said, where? They want to take this surrender. They want to do this surrender. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, the reason why you are stressed is because you are fighting the reality that you have to surrender. So and so have walked out of my life. That's why I'm taking these bottles of whiskey. They are not coming back. Surrender. So and so has done this. They have stabbed me in the back. Surrender. Because if you don't surrender, you will be bitter. And in the end, you will error against God. Come on, house of grace. Rise up on your feet. Rise up on your feet. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. He said, he surrendered. And sometimes when you come into the presence of God, don't be on your WhatsApp trying to see wamefika, wamedu, ebu check, check, check. No, no, no. Surrender. Surrender. Your stress levels will go down. Your pressure levels will go down. Remember that this God is not controlled by things, but he controls everything. And if we can learn this art, I remember when I called Pops and I was saying, ah, ah, this and this has happened. He said, well, you have something to preach. You come and preach. And I was like, I, I was not calling for, I thought I'd get a, an, an encouragement, but that's the work of a father because they know if you allow a season to shape you, Soon and very soon you'll be talking like Job. I drank the anguish of my soul. And many of you are drinking the anguish of your souls because your soul does not know how to release the people that hurt you, the people that left you, the people that neglected you, the people that don't treat you like much or the people that treat you like much because you have something. The truth of the matter, whatever season you are in, God is sovereign. And if you surrender like Jesus, trust him, he is the resurrection and he is the life. Hallelujah. Can we sing one song? Can we sing one song? Thank you, Angel. Thank you, Angel. I'm kind of an old timer, so can we sing an oldie and I'll be out of your way? Because we just want to take a moment and lift our hands and forget what is not happening. And find the center of your life of who you are before you achieved anything, before you became anyone who you are in the eyes of God.
is that you are my servant. And as my servant, there are seasons that you may not agree with me, but it does not deny that I still have good plans for you. They are not for evil. Your brothers may do you evil. The Bible does not say God is evil. It says God turns even the evils of our brothers for our good. What a God. Amen. Amen. Are we together, church? I'm kind of an oldie. Josh, can you come and help us? I'm kind of, can we sing an old song? There's an old song that was sung by Emma Chichi back in the days. Liko Lango Mojawazi. We'll sing that song. Where's, where's your other brown uh, homie? <laughs> you don't need that in your pocket. What's the, what's your, your, hallelujah. Can we sing this song? And I just want us to sing it twice and surrender to the moment. Amen. Some of you, this is the best Christmas. Two years ago, our Christmas was a complete family. We would have Thanksgiving. Mom was there. Dad was there. So-and-so was there. So-and-so was there. And now the chairs are starting to become fewer. And if I fight and say, you know, my mom died, so you people need to understand that life has not begun to be da, 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 da. I'll start drinking from my own anguish. As the tables begin to, the chairs are starting to be removed one after another. Surrender to that one. Oh, mom has left. Surrender to that one. Mom left. Crying longer won't bring them back. It doesn't mean you don't love them. It just means that you will use their love to fuel you for the next season. I was fired from my job unfairly. Surrender. Hallelujah. So they will guide us. Let's go. Liko lango moja wazi nilango la vinguni That's it. Na wote wa ingia watapa tana this is him. Hallelujah. 